It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. Again, namaste. It's wonderful to be with you this afternoon, at least here in the Northeast, it's afternoon. And again, I want to thank Ryan for organizing this, and I can't state how important I think these gatherings are. This morning at the Assisi Institute, we have a core group of disciples, and we meet once a month. And part of what we talked about this morning, and I'm going to connect it to what we're doing now and what Ryan is doing, is even though we started to physically gather again in our temple, it doesn't feel like we're picking up where we left off prior to COVID. It seems like we're moving in a, in a different direction, and we can't quite define it yet or describe it with accuracy, but we're not just picking up where we left off. And there's something about a, a gathering like this of like-minded souls. I think it's going to become more and more crucial, more and more important to, to gather together virtually and to meditate and to pray and to, to meditate on the words of the great masters. Somehow when we do that, not only does it support us, but I think we bring a measure of light into the world. So again, it's so good to be meeting with you. And I, again, I want to honor Ryan for putting all of this together. And we're looking forward to having Ryan come to the Assisi Institute in September. My topic, what Ryan asked me to talk about today is grace. And grace is one of those words where you tend to know it when you see it. You can recognize it, but it's very, very hard to really define it. It's very, very hard to really capture it. In fact, I think it's always going to be a little bit beyond our words and our concepts, but we can intuitively, again, learn to recognize it and cooperate with it. Probably the simplest and best definition of grace that I've come across is from Roy Eugene Davis. He says, Grace is God's manifesting energy and, conscious, and consciousness in the world, in the universe. Grace is God's manifesting energy and consciousness. And I think that's a good place to start. I also have a quote from Swami Kriyananda, a direct disciple of Yogananda, where he says, the secret of meditation and the spiritual life is receptivity to grace and in the full awareness that God's power alone can liberate the soul. So again, grace is something that is absolutely essential to the spiritual life. So let me begin here. You know, I, I make my living professionally as a psychologist. And one of the things I learned studying psychology is that the human brain operates in such a way so that it, it looks out for what is dangerous. It's always focusing on what is not right and what is wrong so that it can compensate and so that it can survive. And that's not a bad mechanism. However, what that does sometimes is it blinds us to all the manifestations of grace. 
So let me kind of talk about those manifestations for a moment. For example, the fact that I woke up this morning and you woke up this morning, that's a grace. There are millions of people who went to bed last night and did not wake up this morning. I told my wife, Vicki, this morning that I'm glad that God gave me another day to love you, to love my wife. So the fact that we're alive and here right now is grace. The fact that we have air to breathe is grace. The sun that is shining, at least here in Rochester, New York, is feeding the plants and through photosynthesis will create food that we can eat. It will create flowers that give us beauty. That's grace. We live and move and have our being in a sea of absolute grace. And what I'm going to get to later is our very nature at the deepest level is grace. But again, we live and we move and we have our being in this shoreless ocean of grace. And one of you go to the root word for grace in the Latin, part of what it means is simple, it's gift. Life is a gift. Our existence is a gift. We are a gift to ourselves, to each other, and to the world. So we have to understand in this context that grace is something large. It is good. It is beautiful. It is filled with mystery. And we literally live on grace. So my first point is once we begin to realize that we exist in this sea of graciousness, it produces, or at least it should produce, a sense of gratitude. More and more, my mantra after I do my kriyas, and I, I sit in the presence and in the silence, more and more, my mantra is just, thank you. Thank you for when I turned on the lights today, there was light. Thank you that I have enough food to eat. Thank you that I'm healthy. Thank you that I'm alive. See, again, once we begin to appreciate grace and the fact that everything about our life is a gift, we are gift then what begins to happen is that there is this gratitude that begins to open within our hearts. And as that gratitude opens, we become more aware of grace, number one, and the more grace can flow through us. There's an unlimited and unbounded level of grace that we can tap into. So that's the first thing I want to say about grace. Grace is gift. And we all live and move and have our being in this gift of grace. The second thing I want to say, and it ties into, what, again, what Roy said, that grace is God's manifesting consciousness and energy. So I want to talk about grace as an energy. Grace is an energy that literally serves the evolution of humankind. Evolution has unfolded, not as coincidence, not as happenstance, but it has been guided and moved along by the energy of grace. Let me give you a concrete example. Whenever I would go to Roy's place in Georgia, 
as soon as I walked on the grounds, there was a palpable sense of grace. There was this palpable sense of peace and fullness and right order. Whenever Roy would talk, there was grace that emanated from him. There was a force, there was an energy that had the effect of elevating my consciousness. And I think the consciousness of everyone around us. And again, because Roy worked there, he lived there, so many people came and prayed and meditated there. The whole grounds there have become this portal into grace. So grace is, is literally an energy that guides our collective evolution, the collective evolution of the human race. But it's also an energy that guides us individually. It is a palpable force. And the more we attune ourselves to it, the more we become aware of it and the more we know how to flow with it. Now, what I want to do is make a, a differentiation between grace and electricity. And I'll explain what I mean in a moment. But it's very important if we're going to consciously avail ourselves to grace and work with grace, then we have to know what is grace and what I'm calling electricity. And we have to be able to discern grace from electricity. So let me try to describe electric electricity. Electricity, it's like this crackling energy. Rather than opening the heart or the third eye, it, it, it really tends to trigger our adrenaline. It, it creates friction. Much of what we see in the political clim climate here in the United States, it's not grace, it's electricity. What you see at a football game is electricity. Now that's not necessarily bad, but I want you to see that there's this thing called electricity um, and it's very prevalent in our culture. It doesn't heal, it doesn't bring together, it creates tension, it divides, it creates friction. Certainly, cable news is filled with electricity. Grace, on the other hand, again, it's that energy. It is that intelligent force that elevates us. And it brings us together. It opens the heart. It makes us more compassionate. It makes us more loving. It makes us more peaceful. And it also opens the third eye in our capacity for vision, for sight, true seeing, and true wisdom. Grace elevates and it transforms. Electricity divides. And it, um, it causes a level of degeneration. So I just think at this time in our history, to be able really to discern the difference between grace electricity is, is very, very important. Again, grace is that energy that elevates and transforms. Now, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball. We tend to reduce the experience of grace to something that is pleasant, even blissful. And yes, grace is often experienced as something pleasant and blissful. But there's what I call dark grace. And by dark grace, I don't mean something evil or ominous. Grace is that divine energy, that divine consciousness that will do whatever it takes to 
transform a situation, a country, a person, a people, a family. I'm going to repeat that. Grace is that energy of the divine, the consciousness of the divine that will do whatever it takes to evolve. And if pleasantness and peacefulness will bring about our evolution, then that's what will happen. That's the grace that is given. But if sometimes pain or loss is what will evolve us, then grace will show up in that way. I'll give you an example from my own life. I was 12 when my mother died. And my father was an alcoholic. And I was the, only, I was the youngest child, the only one at home. And to make a long story short, within three years, I was essentially homeless. Uh, I dropped out of high school, etc. Now, let me go ahead. There's, I've had two spiritual mentors in the body. One would be Roy Eugene Davis. The other one is a Franciscan priest, some of you may know of, Richard Rohr. He has a center out in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And Richard was in town, as I'm going back to the mid-80s here. He was in Rochester speaking, and we were driving in my car. And he turned to me, and he said, you know, it's a good thing that you had the childhood that you had. And I kind of got frustrated with him. I said, Richard, and I went through my whole litany of grievances about my childhood, and I was in psychotherapy at the time, and I threw all that jargon out. You know, Richard, I'm trying to give myself the childhood I never had. I'm trying to parent the inner child, etc. And you're telling me that it was good that I had the childhood that I had. And he was always and still is very compassionate with me. And he said, no, I, I know you had a difficult childhood. He said, but you're a very gifted person. And if you weren't wounded, you'd probably just be a yuppie making lots of money and contributing nothing to the human race, to the world. He said, because you're wounded, you've become a wounded healer. Maybe that was the childhood that you were meant to have. And again, this, this light bulb went off inside of me that maybe in some mysterious way, not that I would wish it on anybody, that my childhood was an expression of grace. Those things that happened to me were an expression of grace because they moved me in the direction of a spiritual path and ultimately they moved me in the direction of Kriya Yoga. So when I, again, what I'm just trying to say is that we can't limit what grace looks like. We can't limit it at all. Grace will show up in whatever way it needs to show up to evolve and move a situation along. Let me give you one other example. I have a stepson. He is 38 going on 39. Wonderful young man. He's a uh, aspiring playwright and director in New York City. And he's also quadriplegic. When he was 14, he decided to go out and jump off our deck in the snow to make snow angels for his sisters, two younger sisters, and he severed his spinal cord. And he was unconscious, we thought he was gonna die. And when they took the oxygen tube out of his mouth and he was conscious, he said three things. 
first thing he said is whatever a 14, what any 14 year old would say. He said, I'm hungry, I want some pizza. Second thing he said is we're not gonna focus on what I can't do. We're gonna focus on what I can do. And the third thing he said, there must be something that God wants me to do as a paralyzed person that I couldn't otherwise do. Now, he may not use the same words that I'm using, but at some level, even this accident, that again, I wouldn't wish on anybody, he wouldn't wish on anybody, he saw it as an expression of grace, that somehow God was using it to affect his life, to evolve him, and to evolve the people around him. And he's a wonderful, wonderful young man doing good things with his life. I, I say to him occasionally that he is naturally, almost effortlessly, uh, an enlightened person. But again, grace will show up in whatever way it needs to show up in order to evolve a situation. The next thing I want to say about grace, and this could be a little bit controversial, but I think if you understand me, it will make sense at a subtle level. It's very subtle. Essentially, there are two forces that guide our lives. There's karma. And again, I can't give a complete talk on karma. That's not the purpose. But to keep it simple, karma is this mechanical force that guides our life, that impacts us. As Yogananda said, most people, if they haven't gotten to that level of self-realization, they're puppets to their karma. And then there's grace. To the extent that we open ourselves to grace, we begin to trump karma. I'm going to repeat that. To the extent that we open ourselves to the consciousness and energy of the divine, we begin to trump karma. There's a teaching that Yogananda taught, and I'll just paraphrase it very generally, that when people are initiated, if they are initiated to Kriya Yoga sincerely, that a certain amount of their karma is removed. It's, it's not magic. What it is, well, it's the magic of grace, but it's not magic the way we typically think of, of of magic. What I think Yogananda was pointing to is that as we meditate, as we practice the yamas and the niyamas, we begin to live not by the compulsion of grace or the compulsion of karma. We begin to live from the freshness of grace. Grace creates new pathways. Grace creates new opportunities. Grace begins to allow us to see what is karma and what are new possibilities in front of us. So it's just very important to realize that to the extent that we avail ourselves to grace, we, um, we, begin, we begin to transcend karma, though, that, that automatic, those mechanical impressions that we carry from lifetime to lifetime, we begin to be liberated from them. Two other points about grace, and then I'll take some time for questions. If I were to give a formal title to this talk, it would be 
grace and grit. So what do I mean? There are mornings, for example, when I wake up that I'm not feeling particularly inspired to meditate. Uh, maybe I'm tired, maybe I'm feeling off, maybe my nervous system is wrinkled and agitated. But I make that choice to sit and meditate. That's the grit. I make that choice to sit and meditate. And in making that choice, that grittiness, a channel of grace really begins to flow through me and through us. So in the spiritual life, we can't allow, we can't fall into this sort of passivity that it's all grace and we don't have to do anything. We have to have this grit. We have to make choices. There are times, for example, when I'm in a situation, a social situation, and I don't quite know what to do or I'm feeling some irritation bubbling up inside of me. I have a lot of pitta, so I'm told, and I feel that irritation. I don't just surrender to it. I take a deep breath. And often internally, I will just ask the question, what is the wisest and most loving action or response in this situation? And there's something about the grittiness of pausing, watching, breathing, and then asking that question that allows the intelligence that runs the universe, of which grace is a manifestation, to manifest through me. And I intuitively know what to do and, again, how to handle myself. So grace is very powerful. And it has, again, the capacity to, to trump our karma. But we also have to nurture this grittiness, this grit where we'll pray when we don't feel like praying. We'll meditate when we don't want to meditate. We'll make the healthy choices that we know we need to make for our lives, even when we don't feel like it. And in that grittiness, then grace can flow. And, you know, at some point in all of our lives, some kind of difficulty, some kind of tragedy is going to come our way. It doesn't mean that we've been abandoned. It doesn't mean that grace isn't working. But we have to have that grittiness where we're going to stay present. We're going to feel all the discomfort. We're going to feel all the pain that we need to feel. But we're also going to stay present to the light that is within us. We're going to stay present to grace. And that allows us to navigate through life's difficult and painful challenges with uh, dignity and grace. Let me go back to something that Richard Rohr, this Franciscan priest and mentor of mine, this was before we had the, uh, we had the internet and email. We used to send each other cards and letters. And at the bottom of one of his letters, he wrote two things. He always told me to trust. He said, trust yourself. But the second thing he said was, carry your wounds gracefully. He wasn't saying repress your feelings. He wasn't saying deny your feelings, but carry your wounds gracefully. Feel the pain, but carry them with grace. Carry them with God. Carry them not just in your mind and in your emotions, but carry them in your soul and in that, in that in your divine essence. Lean into grace 
in times of difficulty and the grace will sustain us. But again, we have to have that grittiness. We have to be willing to stand, to meditate, to pray. Yogananda said, and Roy loved to quote this, read a little, meditate more, think of God always. That's an expression of grittiness. And last piece that I want to say about grace, something I touched on earlier. Our true nature is grace. Whether you call it the self with a capital S or the soul or the image of the divine or the spark of the divine, if we peel away all the layers of who and what we think we are, there is just this pure divinity. There is luminosity. There is radiance. We are luminosity. We are radiance. We are wisdom. We are strength. We are grace. That's why in the spiritual life, we don't reject the superficial self or the personality. We don't demonize it. We witness it with compassion and love, and we witness all the, all the machinations that go into uh, the personality, the egoic self, with compassion. But we go deeper and deeper on the inside and realize that that is not who we are. That is not our suchness. That is not our isness. Our suchness is divinity. Again, our suchness is luminosity and radiance, intelligence, wisdom, strength, fortitude, peace, love. And so part of the whole spiritual journey is to live out of that interior self, who we really are. Just think about this for a moment. You're looking at the screen or you're looking at something there's a light that's emanating from deep within that allows your eyes to see and to process the light that's coming in. That's a manifestation of your radiant self. So we, we just have to remember that we are grace. And I'll close with this. This is how grace builds in our life. Again, grace is this energy. It is this intelligent consciousness that moves us um, in an evolutionary way. The more we listen to that grace, the more we move with that grace, the more that the grace intensifies, the more that the grace flows, the more that we become a stream of living grace, of living water. But we have to trust it. We have to go with it. We have to follow the, ins the inspirations and the intuitions. We have to be willing, in a sense, to live it and give it away. And when we do, Jesus said something very interesting. He said, the measure that you give, that you live from the grace and you share that grace, the measure that you give will come back to you, overflowing, pressed down and overflowing into your lap. So grace, again, is this river of energy that we learn to ride, that we learn to live, and it really propels us in our activity. The more we go with the flow of grace, the more grace flows from without into us 
and from within us, through us, and out of us. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.